Hey everybody, we're back here at Red Rocks Race and Sportsbook. He's Jason, I'm Chucky for the Sports Betting Podcast Bookends. And Jay, football is a distant memory now, or at least until the combine and the draft, which isn't that far away. But I think it's time to start putting our dancing shoes on and start thinking about college basketball and the college basketball tournament. It's always a fun time. I think once football season ends, we all start thinking about college basketball. And this year, I mean, I think the field is wide open. There's a lot of parity. Teams have moved up and down um, the top 25. But I'm excited about the tournament. Yeah, and I think as the calendar turns, you're always excited to see things get into March and start talking about it. The tournament happens a little bit later in March than we than we normally get as we'll be sitting on that Thursday opening tournament is March 21st. Right. So it's going to leak a little bit into April and combat kind of baseball season there. But these next couple weeks, these next two and a half weeks of college basketball are absolutely fantastic. And you talked about it, you know, as we talk about uh, the bracketology and the 68 teams they're going to get in the tournaments and obviously the conference tournaments and everything that's going to be going on but these next two weeks are absolutely key you talked about the teams that are at the top you know whether we're talking about houston purdue yukon uh, we've seen all those Tennessee teams playing well be, be right. able to be knocked right. off and and just recently here yukon goes down uh to creighton in, in almost a 20 point loss so um Kind of the world's kind of wide open there, and, and a lot of things can happen. But I think that these two weeks are really, really critical for a lot of teams that still are trying to get themselves into the big dance. Um, there's a lot of teams sitting on the buzz bubble. I think that we're probably sitting in this 12 to 16 teams right. talking about can they get in, uh, can they find their way in. And obviously the conference tournaments well, that's uh, right. you know, have a chance to, right. to get that automatic bid by winning your conference tournament. So those will play a big part in the number of bubble teams that are potentially available make the well, field of I think that's the interesting part is that there's so much parity this year. And it's so wide open that depending on what happens in the conference tournament, it's going to make the committee's decisions maybe a little bit more difficult. That some of those bubble teams that you thought uh, probably would get in might not, depending on what happens in the conference tournament. And when you start looking at conferences, I mean, look at the Mountain West this year, um, how competitive that is and how many good teams there are right now. And, and look at UNLV. I mean, they've been playing really well of late as well, getting to host the tournament out here, but a lot of parity and a lot of good teams in the Mountain as well. Well, I think what was specifically talk about the Mountain West um, I think Bracketology right now has it with six teams six, yep. making it out of the Mountain West. Um, and that's not with UNLV included. Correct, UNLV right. is on the outside looking in. They're Although going they to played really well against ranked teams in their conference. Yeah, and the they, have a, they have a big right. win over Creighton. Right. They have five quad one wins. So we'll talk about top of top of the, the, the division wins. They're, they're at the top of the country. Um, they've got four games left on their schedule um, against uh, particularly soft teams in Wyoming, San Jose, and San Jose State. But then they finished the year with San Diego State and Nevada. and those, So those are going to be two very, very big games. Um, I think that if they go four no, um, they've got a chance uh, kind of to be on the outside looking in as one of those last four in, their, last their four out. Their tournament here is but going to be the key. They're, they're most likely going yeah. to have to win the tournament here. When we talk about the Mountain West, the other two teams that are kind of at the bottom, um, being Nevada and New Mexico, are somewhere in that last four in, uh, last four buys. Um, and New Mexico specifically um, suffered a, a terrible loss this weekend um, at home to Air Force, right. who sits at the bottom of the conference. So New Mexico is going to have to play, kind of play really well. Um, their last three games, they play Boise, Fresno and Utah State, so they're going to have to find a win, to way, win a way to win two of those three, um, especially looking at at Boise and at um, Utah State. Very, very tough games. Uh, Nevada, same thing. Uh, tough game against Colorado State. They play Fresno, Boise, and UNLV to finish. Um, so, again, that kind of beating each other up, going to have to play well. Um, but really the surprise out of the Mountain West has been this Utah, um, right, Utah this Utah State, State right. team. I mean, Danny Springer, Sprinkle has been absolutely fantastic. Um, they were projected to be somewhere 7th to ninth 
preseason in the Mountain West. They had zero returning starters. So the job that this guy's done to have them, you know, kind of tied for first right, right. now. Um, obviously, when you look at the, the the class of the league, San Diego State and the run that they made last year, um, and and their kind of power ranking. Um, they project to be a four seed in the tournament, but really hats off to Utah State and what they've been able to to do throughout this season. And and hopefully we do get six teams, and it's been a major reversal of what the Mountain West has been for the last couple of years in struggling to get that third or fourth team in. And we all kind of know the struggles up until last year when San Diego State was able to make that, that, that run. The Mountain West has performed particularly poor in the NCAA tournament, trying to find, uh, praying for wins in the NCAA tournament. So as they go into this year's tournament, that's something to look at is that they've struggled in recent years and obviously last year they were able to turn things around a little bit so maybe the mountain west is uh kind of flipping the flipping the course here and, and can have success in the big tournament yeah you stole a little bit of my thunder i was going to say the exact same thing that the kind of the struggles that they've had so far in the tournament but it hadn't been six teams and i think the fact that conference play has been so much better this year um and that there is the possibility of six teams and still not sure what's going to happen with unlv i think a much more competitive conference bodes well for teams when they get to the next level so I think a tournament's going to be really interesting for the Mountain again as Jay kind of talked about compliments to the entire conference for playing so well this year and some big wins um let, let's jump out now and let's look at Purdue um they've been a team that when it comes to tournament time they just don't get it done for whatever reason they, they struggle against teams that you would think they should beat um Painter's a great coach but he can't seem to get over the hump uh, Zach Edney has been great this year, but how far can he take them? And can this be the year that Purdue could maybe surprise and cut down the nets? Well, he put up a monster game this past weekend against Michigan. You saw them really feed him the ball. I think he ended up with 35 points. Um, you know, player of the year. Um, he, and and but it's not on him. He was the player of the year last year. Right. He had he he's been able to win games. Um, he's been able to single-handedly try and win games. And and obviously Purdue, when we get to the big tournament. Um, last year lost to Fairleigh Dickinson as a number one seed, only the second number one seed to ever get beaten by a 16 seed in the tournament. Um, the year before that, um, they did, they made the Sweet 16, but they got knocked off by a number 15 seed in St. Peter's. So when we look at what well, why Peter, does that happen? I mean, you, you you play in a tougher conference. You've got the Player of the Year. You're I, I guess it's that pressure now that Purdue faces every well, and, year. Well, and it's and it's it's you can't go single-handedly through one player, even right. though he is the player of the year. And the good thing for Purdue this year is they do have some better guard play. I, I won't say it's better guard play; it's the same guard play because it's the same guys that they've had <laughs> the last several years. Um, but they're sophomores or last two but years. But that's good. They're though. sophomores. But it, it, Braden Smith and uh, and Lawyer. Um, Fredericks and Lawyer um, are their two guards, and, and they shoot a little bit better from three-point land. They've been improving, and so Edie's got a chance to pass out to those guys. But that's really the key to them winning bigger games is, is do they well, get the good Teams are going to try to shut down play. Edie, though. Yeah, but when you so shut down him, to, need other to guys shut to down step him, up. you have to collapse on him, which allows him, and, and he will. He, he doesn't force it. He will kick it out to those three-point shooters. So if you collapse down on him and those guys can make their They three have points, to make their three-pointers, though. Purdue's able, yep. and, and, and again, they still are a very good defensive team. So when they don't have things going on the offensive end, and, and that's why they're sitting at the top of the Big Ten Conference, that's why they're already Big Ten regular season champions, is they play really, really good defense, um, and, and they go to him, and when they're not hitting their shots, they depend on that defense and continue to go back to him. And he, they get a lot of fouls, they go to the free throw a lot, 
And, and I think that the, you talk about the pressure building of being knocked off by a 15 seed, knocked off by a 16 seed, and that'll be the talk of the tournament right. again as we hit you know, three weeks from now. Where is Purdue at, and is it an upset special um, to get knocked off by, by Cinderella's story going through that Purdue back bracket? But again, I think it comes down to that guard play. They've got three guards. They're, they're kind of a triple-headed guard led by, by Braden Smith. Uh, but I think Purdue kind of gets over that hump. I think they're at least a, an Elite Eight team this year. Well, I think you said it, though. And when you get to tournament time, and this, it's, it's about defense. It's about being able to play on both sides of the court. And you look at teams that can score. We've seen scoring up this year in college basketball. You look at some of the scores, and I know we talk about it with the hub trading team, that scores are just up. I mean, it's just crazy the amount of points that are scored in some of these games, but the fact that Purdue can play some shutdown defense, you've got Edie in the middle, I think that helps a lot. But speaking of that, we'll talk about a team that's really good offensively, Alabama, but doesn't play a whole lot of defense. And will that hurt? And I think so. I think you have to be able to play defense at this level. Um, and when it comes to tournament time, um, it can't just be about scoring. You have to be able to play on both sides of the court. So I think Alabama can score with anybody in the country. They can run it up and down the court. They're fun to watch. But you have to be able to get some stops when you need them. And I think it will hurt them in the tournament because of their lack of D. I don't have the stats in front of me on it, but they're they're about to break the score. Like, right. since, no, since like 2000, right. um, I think they're averaging over 91 points a game, which is absolutely incredible. And that's what Nate Oates, um, he was uh, the uh, Buffalo Mac coach of the year 2019 they brought him in that's what they wanted to do they want to run they want to run they want to run um the problem is you talked about it, it it's not necessarily that they don't play defense it's just that they run but they're not big they're, right. they're, they're, there's i think they're six one six three six three they've got a six eleven forward and then six six so when you have got th- you've got three guys that are kind of under that six three they really struggle on the perimeter guarding the, the defense guarding three-point shot um they give a lot of clean looks and obviously when you're running like that um, and not playing defense. I mean, you give up some big, We've big point games. We've seen teams do that before, and they usually it usually doesn't bode well for them in the tournament. They gave up 117 <laughs> points to Kentucky this past week. They've, I also um, had a loss on the road at Auburn where they gave up 91 points, a loss on the road at Tennessee where they gave up uh, uh, 99 points, or 99 against Auburn, 91 against Tennessee. Uh, but the big thing for me on Alabama, they had a three-game stretch um, in December where they lost to Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona. So when we talk about the class of some of the other conferences, right, yeah. the best team in the in the in the in the West, in the Pac-12, uh, the best team in the in the Big Ten, and Creighton's the number four team out of the Big East. Um, but when you're not able to play defense against those other big teams in the country, it's going to be tough. And, and Alabama sits tough. at 19 and eight. Um, obviously, they're going to get in the dance, and the scoring's been incredible, and they're a lot of fun to watch. But a lot of fun to watch. Anxious doesn't, to see who the doesn't mean that they're going to be able to win games. Who the committee the pairs them up against, as far as a, a contrast in style and what those totals are, and how those totals are bet based on who their opponent is. Yeah, Mark, I mean Mark Sears. That's the that's their their guard, their leading scorer. He's putting up over twenty points a game. He's they're a lot of fun to watch, and we'll continue to cheer for them and, and cheer for them to continue to score points these next couple weeks, and hopefully they can uh, you know kind of break that record for for national scoring leaders. So. so a couple of other teams that, you know, when you look at some surprises this year, I'm not sure how much of a surprise they are, but to me it's a little bit it's Creighton. Um, I know that we both kind of liked them a lot last year. They had returning players coming in. They had a great class of, uh, of recruits. And at 20-8, and eight, I think Creighton's one of those teams that can make a little bit of noise. The other team for me is, is Auburn, um, which I think is really a good team. But the surprise team now that really kind of snuck into the top 25 is, is South Florida with Raheem. The job that he's done there, getting them in the, the top 25 for the first time ever. You have to remember he was at Kennesaw State last year and got them into the big dance. So he's done a tremendous job there. To me, those are kind of, 
out outside the top 10 teams that I think are kind of dangerous. I thought Dayton, too. They had that bad loss against George Mason last week. Um, but I still think Dayton, Creighton, and for me, Auburn are three teams that can make a little bit of noise outside that top 10. Yeah, and I, when, you, when you start to look at who's going to be the, the sexy Cinderella stories as we um, head into the tournament in McNeese State. Um, St. Mary's uh, out of the West has been on an incredible run. I think they've won 16 straight games. South Florida, you talked about, won 13 straight games. Um, these teams are going to uh, most likely perform very well in their tournament, get a seed, but they're still going to be pretty good underdogs. Right. And kind of got to go back and look at what was their November, December schedule when they were in the non-conference schedule and how did they perform in those non-conference games? We talked about Alabama when right. they performed in those non-conference schedules against some of the other teams. Um, kind of look at who these these teams are and how they perform their non-conference schedules because sometimes G teams just match up real well right, right. in their conference schedule. You get to play all these home games in your conference schedule uh, to where you feel really, really but comfortable. But that's what the committee does so good sometimes yep. is they, they'll put these either rivalries or contrasting styles against each other and it really makes you think. I mean, we, we've talked about that so many times when even the struggles Purdue's had is is the, their opponent matches up really well against them and is able to take some of their strength away and that's what makes the tournament so exciting. Well, and especially when you talk about Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, SEC basketball, to get up night after night after night after night on a Thursday, Tuesday, Saturday, right. you know, these are tough teams, these are tough places to travel, um, there's a lot more balance, so when you look at the North Carolinas and Dukes, and they, they lose a game here and there, even at, even at UConn, who, you know, we just talked about, right. and, and, and at you, strangely enough, you had Creighton written down as your surprise team, Creighton, I have them on my list as well, with the big knockoff of, of, of UConn, and then they come back and get beat by right. St. John's by 20 points, right. and Rick Pitino, After in, his Pitino night, had gone in his, off night, on in his how, nice white getup. How slow St. John's um, is, and you know, but Creighton Creighton, Greg McDermott, um, Shireman, um, been absolutely fantastic. Creighton is monstrous, 6-7, 7-1. They're a big, big team. They can score from the outside. They can score from the inside. Play good they defense. They do play good D, and I think that's you know, a big difference for Creighton once the tournament rolls but, around. But they're, and they're healthy this they're year. They're 20-8 for a reason. You, you have to... You know, you go play Seton Halls, the Yukons. Uh, these teams are tough to – the Butlers, the Villanovas. You go play these teams on a nightly basis, you can but, lose those but, games. I'm going to interrupt. I think one thing that's really important this year, and we hear it from the, tr the, the hub guys all the time this year, is it is really tough to win on the road in college basketball. So when you talk about 20-8, and eight, you look at their, their home-to-road splits. And I think all these teams, when you look at teams with, you know, five, six, eight, ten losses – it's really those struggles on the road that we've seen with the top 25. So tournament time, will there be any sort of a home bias for some of these teams based on where they're playing throughout the country? Yeah, I think you go look at the, at the Big 12. I think we have three teams, Kansas, Houston, and Iowa State. They're all undefeated at home. Right. They still haven't, still haven't lost them home. Creighton, Creighton, I think, has, is 7-5 and five on the road. So they have some quality wins on the road. So they're, still, they're a team their I think losses you are on the road. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're um, you know, probably going to end up being a four seed. Um, you, you made mention to Dayton. And I had circled that I don't, I don't care who comes out of the A-10, but the Atlantic 10, for me, is the conference of Cinderella's. And if you go look at who plays in the, in the Atlantic 10 and you look at their tournament performance right. over the last several years, you find that these teams find a way to, to, to take upsets, whether it's Davidson or right. UMass. Um, at the top of the conference this year, Loyola Chicago, who's pulled some upsets right. the last yep. several years in the tournament, uh, Richmond, Dayton, and VCU. Those are the top four teams out of the A-10. So right now, I have all four of those teams circled as to who can get in the tournament if it's two we of them We didn't talk about Creighton or Dayton in their uh, respective conferences But beforehand. But I think that the Atlantic 10, specifically yep. for me, is a conference to look for a big upset. Again, there's so much parity. I think 
the conference tournaments this year are going to be so much fun to watch and so competitive. And I really think it's going to change where where the committee is looking right now. If they had to pick their, their 68 teams right now, I think it's going to be dramatically different come the 17th because of what happens in conference play. Yeah, I've got a, I had a laundry list just for myself of teams that are kind of, you know, whether it's the Wake Forest, Texas, Gonzaga, Providence, Well, Gonzaga's A&M, back in Villanova. the top 25 again now. So. Yeah, they're still, they're still on that bubble. They're right. still in that last four that call one of them will last four the last eight in i, I say they're in last as of today out. right there there's so many teams that are kind of right. in that mix and it's going to come down to these you know some teams still have four team four games on their schedule from a regular season standpoint and then their conference tournament so it's going to be key obviously we talk about the zags and in, in the in the big west they're most likely going to be able to run the table and, and end up playing St. Mary's in a, in a conference final. And St. Uh, Mary's is really good. So that, that will bode well for them. But these last kind of eight in, last eight out, there still can be some big, big wins that these teams can put up these these last two weeks to, to leap dog, leapfrog themselves to, to that uh, getting into the tournament. Yeah, standpoint. again, that's why I think the conference tournaments are so exciting. Um, I think we'd be a little remiss if we didn't talk about uh, the women's tournament as well. First, congrats to uh, the Lady Rebels, who are ranked 24th in the country right now. Just had another phenomenal season. Hopefully they can go a little bit further. Last year they ended up getting matched up uh, with Michigan pretty early, which was a tough test, although they had some runs in that game. But really when it comes to you know women's basketball right now, lots about Caitlin Clark and the success that she's had um, and how she's kind of transformed uh, college hoops betting. We've had props up for a number of her games uh, when she was able to, to – surpassed Kelsey Plum for the most in the women's. Uh, right now she trails Pistol Pete Maravich um, for the most scoring ever. We're looking to have some props up depending on where her game falls uh, for that coming up. But it really has enhanced, I think, um, the betters uh, and our side of it to be more creative with women's basketball because of the success of Caitlin Clark. Yeah, not only Caitlin Clark, but just a uh college women's college oh, basketball games are general, phenomenal there's right. so much more tv it's easy to watch we're putting up odds on just about every right. women's college basketball game that's being bet we have live wagering available on the, the women's college basketball game we're putting up Props, kate, kate right. clark total points scored on each of the games and so she's brought some national attention to, to women's basketball as some of the greats before her had right um you know the talk of, of whether she's going to stay at iowa whether she's going to leave um she's obviously uh, got a chance to go be the the first pick in the wnba right. and you know, watching the range that she had. Indiana Fever are praying <laughs> that she comes out. And, and the fact that she, she makes that three-pointer to, to, to break Plum's record and she shoots it from practically <laughs> mid-court, uh, you know, in transition was absolutely electric. Great, great. She's a lot of fun to play. Um, but, you know, Iowa has had some struggles, you know, as we go, as she's gone through this kind of scoring run, um, you know, she's, she, they've had some tough games. They've had a loss at Nebraska, a loss in Indiana. They're still a top team in the country. Um, what a great feeling it would be for her. What a great story it would be for right. Iowa and Caitlin Clark if she was able to come and complete this and send them to a Final Four and give them a chance for a national championship. But South Carolina is going to have a lot to say with that on the, on the women's side right. of things. Number one, undefeated, playing absolutely fantastic basketball. And we'll have a lot more stuff up for the women's tournament as well. So yep. check all that stuff out too. Uh, it's going to be fun, the tournament. Um, and when tournament time comes, it's usually a great time of year for us uh, with Last Man Standing, our signature contest during football season and college football. Uh, but the college basketball Last Man Standing is always a lot of fun. Same format as um, the tournament itself. You win and you move on. You lose and you go home. $25 entry fee for one entry. $100 gets you four and a bonus fifth entry. It really does, though, give you an opportunity from, as my uh, late great close friend Brian Blessing used to say, matchsticks to lumberyards when you can have a $25 investment 
and have a nice payday for a tournament like Last Man Standing. Yeah, and those are those of you that are new to Last Man Standing, it's a kind of our, our signature contest. We offer it in college football, pro football, and of course uh, during March Madness. Um, the key is it's $25 to get in, buy four, get a fifth entry free. Doesn't include the Tuesday play-in game, doesn't include the Wednesday play-in games. So the first game that you're selecting is Thursday, March 21st. You're going to select a winner against the point spread. If you win that game, you advance to Friday. Got to turn your pick in for Friday. When you win on Friday, you advance to Saturday. Win on Saturday, you advance to Sunday. Take a little breather and then come back next Thursday. And so every round of the tournament, you've got to pick a winner against the point spread to advance. All the prize money that we collect go back to, goes back to the winner. Um, it really does make for an exciting, and especially on the contest week. line. It's all based yep. on the spread, not just winning, but against the contest point spread. And you can buy five entries. So you buy four, you get that fifth entry free. So for 100 bucks. You get five, you know, Match hopefully the lumber yard. survive that first weekend, give yourself a chance. Right. But, again, a lot of fun, a lot of people playing it. And, and again, uh, our signature contest, <laughs> and, we, and we love Last Man Standing. And, and the guests, you, you make a name for yourself by going and winning right. Last Man Standing. We see a, a lot of the handicappers out there and uh, professional gamblers and, and all that stuff that, that end up winning our Last Man Standing contest. So it's not just about hoops, though. It's about racing a little bit this week as well. So the Pennzoil 400s out here. Um, there's a lot of props up to bet on NASCAR. Um, make it a lot of fun. I know I've been out at the track many times, and everyone's out there talking about what drivers they have and with the app. You've got that available. There's props up. Uh, Nitro Cross on Friday and Saturday will be booking as well. So a lot of fun stuff, and we're always looking to add events like Nitro Cross to our overall betting menu. Yeah, you talk about racing, and, and, and obviously uh, the, the NASCAR this week, Nitro Cross, which is a very unique event right. that's going to be a lot of fun on Friday and Saturday. Um, but the other big part that we don't talk about enough is, is the horse, horse racing. Yep. And as we sit here kind of end of February going into March, we're going to start leading into a lot of the Kentucky Derby prep races uh, as you get through March and April. There's some uh, big about, prep races. Just about yep. every weekend there's prep races leading up with all the derby horses that are going to be running that first Saturday in May. And if you didn't know, but when you get the brand new app, you no longer have to have a sports account Wait, and get a race account. Your wallet, all the money that you wow. have in your account is good for both race and sports. So as we go through March and April, when you click over on these big Saturdays, and obviously we lead up to Kentucky Yurks, Kentucky Derby, you've got the you've got the racing in the palm of your hand. So just slip over to that racing side of the app, and you can bet any of the races and bet your favorite Kentucky Derby qualifying races and obviously lead up until to the Kentucky Derby. I, I think I'm ready to go to the whip, man. <laughs> that That's awesome, though. I mean, it, really, again, it's one wall. Wallet. It's so convenient for you guys, and and even if you didn't think about races, you could also watch the races on the app, which is pretty cool as well. So a lot of really good stuff going on right now. Again, it's tournament time. It's dancing. Baseball's right around the corner. We'll be jumping into that on the the next version or, or the next edition of uh, um, Bookend. So a lot of cool stuff going on right now. Get the app. It's tournament time. It's fun. Um, anything else you want to finish up with? We didn't even talk Golden Knights. We didn't even talk what's going on in the NBA. I mean, it's it's a fantastic no time, time. Fantastic time of year. Uh, teams starting to make their playoff run. And obviously, from a from a, a Vegas hockey standpoint, um, Knights are sitting second in the Pacific right now. Um, had a little bit of struggles, um, but we're going to see them turn the corner. Hopefully, they get healthy. And you know, not too long ago team that won the Stanley Cup was kind of sitting in this same 
precarious position coming out of January, February, weren't playing all that great of hockey, started to get hot um, in March and April, and obviously then went on to a Stanley, Stanley Cup run. So that so hopefully we can kind of see the, the Knights kind of catch fire and start to play some good hockey again. And you get the trade deadline coming up, which is going to help a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of movement in the NHL. We've got the uh, NFL Draft Combine, uh, which is later this week, and then look for uh, shortly thereafter we'll be putting up some draft props uh, especially with all the kind of chatter with the Bears and Caleb Williams and how many quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff that we're going to be adding to that wagering menu. So for Jason, I'm Chucky for the Sports Betting Podcast Bookends. Uh, we'll see you guys at one of our racing sportsbooks real soon.